three, two, one, and we're live. everyone it's uh, Famicast 61 live edition that's right um, I am not Danny Bivens uh, I'm James Charlton and yeah I'm in the hot seat uh, this week because Danny is out of town um, but I've got a nice little gang of retrobates uh, ready to uh, Famic Famicast with me today um, first one is a voice that you should know by now it's uh, Ty Shugert. yeah baby he likes video games, mostly uh, Microsoft-based. You know. Always bet on Duke. <laughs> we'll try and convince him that uh, Nintendo still makes good video games. Nintendo um, <laughs> And sat next to him, uh, virtually, is uh, Cyrus Delaney. Hello. Yes? Um, well, James does say he is in the hot seat. It was 42 degrees today in Yamanashi, <laughs> and I don't have any air conditioner, so we are... All in the hot seat today. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And uh, replacing the uh, the empty vacancy that Danny has left is uh, Seren McNulty. Okay. So yeah, Seren is here, and um, because Danny is not, but also I think Seren would have been on anyway because after her uh, performance on uh, Radio Free Nintendo, where she talked about Japanese games for an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> I thought, why the hell is she doing that on an American podcast? Why is she doing that on the Japan podcast? So I was like, yep, we've got to make this happen. And yeah, unlike the tyrant that is Jonathan Metz, I won't uh, cut her off and force her only to talk about one game. Sounds good. Yeah. All games so, yeah. are important. Yes, all games. And Nintendo Japanese games are the most important for this yeah. show. Kind of. I got a lot of those. Except when it comes to Thai. <laughs> Dead system. <laughs> who, who I don't think has played any Japanese or Nintendo games for about five years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, I played some Pokken. We'll get into that later. Hey, yo. So, yeah, um, thank you for to watching and thank you for to listening, and we're going to get on with the show. Okay, so I don't have too many new things to talk about, um, so I'll just go heading over first. So, first up, just a quick mention of uh, Super Mario 3D World again. Um, I've now finished all the, the major worlds, the major levels. It's just a case of going back and getting them green stars and stamps, you know. I think I'm up to about World 5 in having everything on every level. So I've got, you know, about 
half the more worlds to do all that. And I'm still loving it. Um, I think it's a sign of when I like a Mario game is that when it gets to the kind of the cleanup section of it that I'm still enjoying it. Um, you know, like, as listeners will know, I didn't enjoy that part of uh, New Super Mario Brothers U, and I quickly gave up in getting the, uh, the, the star coins on that one because it just didn't interest me going back. But this one I was, you know, eager to go back to the levels because it's, it's a good chance to see the awesome levels again listen to the cool music, and, uh, yeah, still loving it and taking regular screenshots of it. Like the other day, I took a screenshot of this, of this light level, which is in black and white. This just looks amazing, fantastic. Yeah, I saw that. It was really cool. The ghost house level, <clears throat> it's uh, so good. It looks so good. And that music is awesome. I don't think I mentioned it. Did I mention it? Or maybe I briefly mentioned it, but the music is so good. I mean... We we slash Danny <laughs> edited several tracks in in the last uh, episode. So if you listened back to it, you would have heard uh, those songs. And this they're so good. Well, probably my favorite is the one, the Fire Brothers, uh, Fire Brothers Castle or Fire Brothers Tower or something like that. Fantastic song. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I'm using it in like my lessons and stuff. Like when I want my students to like do a task kind of quickly and I put that on for five minutes and they know they've got <laughs> a limited amount of time to do something. Yeah, kind of like a countdown kind of thing. It's awesome. Neat. So how much original music does the game have? Because I, I know Mario games tend to recycle a lot of well, stuff. Well, I don't, I don't call like full orchestral remixes Yeah, recycling. yeah, I know recycle is a terrible word, but you know, the, they're... They're old music. They redo them, like remix them for games often. So oh. I mean, there's actually a, there's a, you know the Famicast theme song, um, the Mario Brothers Two character select song. Um, that's our theme song. There's a great remix of that when you're in the um, what is it the uh, the slot machine level when you get extra lives and stuff, um, which is you know straight up lifted out of Mario Brothers Two, Doki uh, Doki Panic Mario Brothers Two. And it's awesome, and it's it's like it's totally upbeat, like jazzified. It's completely different, but it it is the same thing, you know. Um, the and music is original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the all the theme songs to all the Mario games are original. I think you know even the the not so good new Super Mario Brothers games. They, at least they all have original theme songs. At least I think they do. Um. Somebody can correct me there, but I think they all do. But, you know, the problem with those games is that the actual level music themselves is completely recycled. And there's, and there's only, like, two or three tracks in the whole game. You know, of course, I'm exaggerating, but... <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, it does feel like, you know, you're hearing the same tracks a lot, but you don't feel like that in uh, 3D World at all. And, like, yeah, like, every world, you're about, you're about to... You're surprised by a new track, and it's like, oh, cool, I haven't heard this one before, and it's amazing. And the same thing happens again with the next world. So when apparently <laughs> I was looking at like how much stuff I needed to do to fully complete the game, and um, you know, of course, getting all the green stars, getting all the stamps, that was a given. And I was just <laughs> and I looked, and there is actually a reward, like a stamp reward, for completing every stage with every character. And <laughs> I thought I thought to myself, okay. I'm going to draw a line in the sand here. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's like a seriously achievement from Gears of War or something. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's borderline, um, yeah, ADHD level of Mario playing that. Yeah, I'm not going to um, do that. <laughs> the, I think the reason that's there is because if you play it four-player, then yeah. that counts for all four characters at once. Right. And and then there's, all, then there's only a, the fifth character. Yes. And so then once you go through with all five, I think that's why they did it, but if you don't have three people to play <laughs> with, that's BS. Right. Exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have uh, three people to play with <laughs> to complete every level in 3D World with me. Which, Jesus Christ, you'd need three freaking pro Mario players I, to do that. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I can't imagine playing half of that game with one other person, <laughs> let alone three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You might have one friend who's, like, equally as good at Mario, but, like, yeah, three? No, no thanks. But anyway, that doesn't matter. That will not spoil any enjoyment of the game, you know, having not having 101% of it, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so next up, one thing I, I almost started talking about last episode, but then we ran out of time, was the uh, E3 Nindies demos, which um, Europeans and Americans will have downloaded by now, hopefully, but unfortunately, Japanese Wii U owners cannot because for some reason they want to pretend E3 doesn't exist. I don't know why. But anyway... Those games um, are coming to Japan. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, some of them might, but... Most you know, of them won't. They'll, they'll probably be published by, you know, Konami or something. Well, not Konami. <laughs> That's a very bad example. <laughs> Woo, that was a bad example. But yeah, Capcom or someone, you know, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just wanted to quickly run through... Um, all the games. Um, some of them are better than others. <laughs> um, I'll start with probably my favorite, which was called Rive, or Reeve. Um, it's because it reminded me of Cybernator, um, a great shoot-em-up that I loved back in the SNES days. Um, so, yeah, it's like a running uh, shoot-em-up, kind of uh, side-scrolling shoot-em-up game. Um, but you're in space, like you can you can control your spacecraft in space, but then there's parts where you go inside a space station and you're on the ground, and you'd be walking around like a little tank, and you can still shoot, shoot in every direction. The graphics are really nice, like um, 2D kind of, uh, not hand-drawn, but just very nice sprites, very clear, very nice high-resolution uh, 2D animation. And... Um, very satisfying explosions, which are important in you know shmups, and it's just really nice. Like you, you can like hack turrets and stuff, and um, it's got some cool bosses. You know, hit the red weak point to kill it, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's definitely my favorite out of the the uh, eight or nine. I think it's nine. Nine Nindies. Mm -hmm. um, next, my second favorite. Favoritest one um, was probably Soul Axiom, which is a first-person, sh not shooter, but first-person walker, I guess. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a first-person game, but you don't shoot anything. You can kind of push and pull with your hands, like a kind of force-push, force-pull kind of thing. And um, you can just manipulate their environment to solve puzzles, but has a kind of very minimalistic, um, atmospheric kind of vibe to it. It's um, 
looks really nice. Like it's very, of course, it's very simple. It's like you know, indie game, uh, small team of people, but uh, it's really nice. I like the. It really got me into the the little story that they've made there. It's very cool. Next up, um, <laughs> kind of like the craziest game probably was this one called Lovely Planet, which um, I'm pretty sure was Japanese designed. It's again, it was a first-person game. <laughs> Japanese name down anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's all non-shaded polygons. Like there's no textures in this game. Um, <laughs> basically, it's like very simple environments, but like you're shooting like a bow and arrow, and it's like just like a super basic first-person shooting up with a bow and arrow, and but it's <laughs> like all these very simple enemies, just like. They're just like spheres and you know pyramids and things like that, and when you shoot them, like all this this kanji appears up, you know, like died. <laughs> it says everything's displayed in like a, a Japanese kanji, like the hints and tips and things, and like you know the you know the sound effects or whatever. They're just, <laughs> they're just like a kanji just appears out of nowhere. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's completely bizarre, and when you die, you just immediately go back to the beginning of the level, just like like that. You're just like dead, and you're like, oh, do okay, I'm at the back. Do respawn too? Is it a full reset or just you? Yeah, yeah, full reset. All the enemies come back. Um, everything just resets. So you know, it's very indie in that way. <laughs> um, but it's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> I don't think I would I would buy it, but. The demo was kind of hilarious <laughs> for a laugh. Um, okay, next, Freedom Planet. I think Cyrus knows about this one. This is, I think it's on PC already. Yeah, it is. I have it on my Steam library. It's basically Sonic. It's Sonic, yeah. Sonic uh, and therefore, people who know how to make good Sonic games. Well, that's a kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Good Sonic uh. games, good Sonic <laughs> games. Yeah. Sonic game, isn't that called Super Mario World? Yeah, I got nothing. Um, hey, yeah. Man, I don't like the Wii Sonic games. They're really damn good. Give or take Lost World. But Sonic Colors, <laughs> Sonic, all the other ones, they're cool games. Uh, Sonic and the Black Knight just had me rolling over in stitches, so... Anyway, I made a bad analogy. Let's keep going with Freedom Thingy. <laughs> yeah, f Freedom Planet, it looks... Like, whoa, that was a bit weird. Okay, uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, we were doing this over Google Hangouts, and it kind of crapped out. What are you going to do? So, yeah, I was just talking about Freedom Planet there. Basically, yeah, it's Sonic, and therefore not really my kind of thing, because there are no good Sonic games. And then I talked about this game called Former 8, which is a kind of, a, kind of like pixel junk shooter kind of thing, abstract colors, very minimal. You kind of like fly around and uh, solve puzzles in the environment. It's kind of cool. And then I talked about Mutant Muds, uh, super challenge mode, super extreme hard difficulty. It's freaking hard. It was already hard. And uh, I kind of uh, told Ty to play it because it should be kind of his thing. He's never played it before, apparently. And then Rumbo, which is a nine player game, which I played on my own. So yes, cue um, people laughing at me. And then, yeah, I'll, we're going to continue on with my um, description of uh, Extreme Exorcism, which I really liked. Um, it's really good, and you kind of 
it's kind of like a time loop game like braid and you kind of have to watch out for the the ghosts that you create every time you kill an enemy you know and then you have to kill another enemy but avoiding your previous ghosts um, it's kind of crazy and it's kind of cool cool concept anyway let's go back to the rest of the show extreme exorcism ty i think you'd like it it's kind of like braid it's got time loops yeah and you can't play it on the gamepad you need the tv for it um, but it's a great game, and one of my favorites of these uh, these nine. Um, Rive, I hopefully I talked about that. that I really like that one. I think I talked about that one. Yes, I did. Um, uh, Typo Man, uh, I like that as well. It's a 2D scrolling puzzle platformer type game where you spell uh, words out using letters in the environment. Like scribble knots, except yeah. you find the letters. And you have to kind of monotonously drag the letters across the screen to spell things. Yeah. Yeah, like, I was on board with the idea until you mentioned that you actually have to move the letters around. I can see that getting yeah. super tedious. I think maybe that's a way of kind of dragging out the length of the game, possibly. Um, uh, obviously, you got, it's a, it's a, I think it's a Wii U exclusive, so, you know, it's a game, you know, everybody's got a gamepad, right? You can spell things on the gamepad, right? But that's uh, yeah, man, why is Scribblenauts not on the Wii U? It, it is. is. Damn, good job. It's uh, called Scribblenauts Unlimited, I think. It's got, like, Mario characters Scribblenauts and stuff. Unmasked, which is the DC one. There you go. Get on it, Sai. I retract my complaints. <laughs> As you should. Also, shout-outs to both of them having a U in their title. Good job, marketing peeps. <laughs> uh, unlimited and oh right yeah okay anyway um, so yeah uh, <laughs> good selection of indie games there fantastic woo go play them if you have them I th I don't think they're available anymore I think you have to download them during E3 yep um, so yeah hopefully you had them and played them that's great I think uh, yeah I think they should do do more of this I think it's a great idea like. Releasing games that were at an event, if you can't go to that event, you know, being able to play them at home, you know. Kind of like how, um, you know, you could play Mario Maker in Best Buys, you know. Would have been great if you could play Mario Maker at home, but, you know, whatever. You Next don't have an Nintendo to guide you. How would you possibly know how to play it? Good question, good question. I know I would be lost completely. What button is um, jumped? So the next... Yeah, so anyway, next uh, part of my new business is um, an arcade game, an arcade location test, which obviously Ty knew about. Yeah, Cyrus I know about Nova. all of them. You know about all the location tests, right? Um, yeah. Basically, Sonic's Olympic... Son what's it called? Mario, Mario and Sonic. Sonic at the 2016 Rio Olympic Games? Yeah. I think it's the Rio 2016 Olympic Games, actually. <laughs> Not that it makes a difference. So but anyway, yeah. So I found out uh, about this second. location. <laughs> See, that's why we had you on the uh, the family guest. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, basically this location test. It was advertised about a, a month ago. I added it to my calendar, and because I work right next to Akihabara, I could get there like basically after work. So I popped by. There was nobody there apart from a few kids. 
and an Australian guy in his flip-flops playing it and enjoying it. Um, well, I think so they're enjoying it. How do you play this game? You control it with massive joysticks. Um, and when I say massive, I mean probably about 30 to 40 centimeters long. Um, so, you know, you have to be like, you know, basically Godzilla to control this thing. So what, are they like ski poles, or what are they? Yeah, I, be, I think that's what they're trying to be like, except um, I saw the kid playing the hammer throw, and he was like spinning them manically, and then, <laughs> and then also archery. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I archery... think we kind of sit down and talk with Nintendo about how archery works. But... Yeah, how did he do archery? I think just kind of like aimed with one of them and then pulled back with the other one. Yeah, see, there's it, all sorts of things wrong with that technique. Yeah, it was kind of stupid. And although oh, there was a ham, hammer throwing one that kind of made the most sense, right? Because you're spinning it around and then letting go. Uh, the javelin one, I think you kind of like wanked it back and forth for a bit, and then <laughs> oh, no. and then you kind of like pulled the other one back to tilt it or something. Double anyway. wank action. Yeah. And you got a free suite if you played it, because you know it's a location test, right? You know, please, please like our game or whatever. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you want to see a video of that, go to my YouTube channel and uh, enjoy watching an Australian guy in his flip flops um, running like a maniac, pretending to be Sonic. Gotta go, go gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I was going to talk about the Rhythm Tengoku demo, but I think if Seren is going to talk about the actual Rhythm Tengoku, I think it's better just to hear about the full game from her. Um, so, but now we're going to move on to Cyrus, because I know he's dying to talk about Poken Tournament. Yeah, baby. Tie as well, right? Sorry, yeah, both yeah, of you. Yeah, we're going to tag team this. This is going to be a two-on-two battle. Talking tag team tournament. <laughs> yeah, so for those somehow unaware of this game, Pokemon Tournament is like, it's the Pokemon fighting game that everyone has been dreaming about since they first played Red. And uh, Or Blue. Or Blue, or Green, whichever, if you want to be all fancy. Red was the best one that had Charizard. But... The, so we talked about this before on the, the location test we went to a few week, months back. And uh, so just we'll do like a quick recap just so you know what we're talking about. And uh, so in Pokémon Tournament, it's kind of a really weird hybrid of two different games. So the, the idea is you've got one half of the battle takes place like an over-the-shoulder camera. And I think this is supposed to like replicate an actual Pokémon game where you've got the camera kind of over the shoulder of your Pokemon, and you can see the other guy in the distance. And these parts of the game handle like a full 3D fighting game, like Naruto or the Dragon Ball games, where you run around the screen, you've got all these crazy jumping and dodging mechanics and big projectiles. And then when you get close to them, you can use different attacks to switch it from a big 3D open brawler into like a side-on Tekken fighting game. Crazy. <clears throat> yeah, so 
What did you think of that tie? Having two totally different games in one. It's okay. It's it's uh, <laughs> praise it's not, indeed. Yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, you you know, it doesn't make or break the game, and it's not something that hasn't been done before. It's so, no killer instinct. It it's fine. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think based on like from the location test, I seem to remember it being very confusing when it switches between like long distance play and short distance play. Are there, are there any changes that you noticed? Yeah, between... this is one of them. I think that in the in the location test it just seemed to happen as you got closer to the opponent, it would switch between the 3D fighter and the 2D fighter. But in the build in the arcade that we were playing, it just you have to trigger certain attacks will switch you between. So if you do a certain amount of damage, it will switch the battle from 2D to 3D or back and forth. Did did you guys play together against each other or? No. Nope. But you went there at the same time. We were possibly at different arcades at the same time. Yeah, uh, I I actually went to two different arcades. Yeah, I was in a two or three too. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I just assumed that you would, you guys were going to meet up and talk about Pokemon. Yeah. No, that would imply we were actually friends. <laughs> <laughs> Never actually met in real life. <laughs> yeah, so that was one thing I, I thought they changed was that and there's this big, huge indicator on the screen that tells you that the game is switching from 2D to 3D. So it's really hard to miss <laughs> which mode you're in now, whereas okay. it was confusing at the location test. That is weird. So has it got the uh, Amiibo uh, NFC button on the side or whatever? No, it does. It does have an NFC reader, like I mentioned that. So with all fighting games, or not all fighting games, most arcade games in Japan, you can buy these little uh, like profile cards. It's about the size of a credit card. It's like thick, hard plastic. And when you play the game, you swipe your profile card on the cabinet, and it will it'll download your information, like your card, your profile name, how many wins you've got, any in-game currency you've unlocked, blah blah blah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Keep, so it keeps them cool. coming back. It definitely does. I think it's a really cool idea, and it's it allows you to do stuff like alternate colors and costumes in the game really efficiently, which is kind of nice. But, You'd have to input your name every time. Yes, that too. But this this is my big point with uh, with Pokémon Tournament that I goddamn hate was that as you're playing the game, you well two points, and I'm sure one of these will annoy Ty too, is that. As you play the game, as you win matches, your Pokemon gains experience, like in the actual games. And your Pokemon will level up. And as he levels up, you can improve his stats in either close attack, fire attack, his like super mode, and assist Pokemon. You can power up these four stats. Which, from a competitive point of view, customizing... This kills the game. This utterly, 100%, is bad. Yep. Because it means my Pikachu is unbalanced compared to your Charizard or whatever. Because, you know, where's the fun in me fighting with my level 20 Pikachu versus your level 1 Charizard if my stats are going to be all over the place? This kills oh, the game. Okay. So they Pokemon'd it. Yes. I so it is, was... this, is this the only way to play it? So you, you can play the game normally. If you've got no profile card, you can pick... You, you can play it as normal as, like, a level zero Pokemon, which is fine. And 
if I was running a tournament, that would be, I'd love to do it like that. Except to make sure that you buy a profile card, you can't use all of the assist Pokemon until you level up your guy. So, for example, <laughs> so in, in the middle of the game, you can, like, you, you pick your main Pokemon, like, say, I pick Charizard, and I play as Charizard, he's my main dude. And as the game goes on, I charge up my assist meter, and I can call in another Pokemon to help you. But, so before the battle starts, you pick from a set of assist Pokemon, too. And you only unlock all the assist Pokemon as you level up your main Pokemon. So, so tournaments are only going to be either fully maxed out people or level zero people. Yes, and if you have, <laughs> if you have a full level zero guys, you won't be able to choose all of the assists. So that breaks it. Because the assists Weird. are really important. This kills the game. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such an infuriating thing that they would do. That they would add in this required leveling up system into the game. It's funny because, you know, the other kids' kind of arcade games like, the, you know, the Yokai Watch ones or the other Pokemon ones, you know, Pokemon Treta or whatever, yeah. they're all very much single player, aren't they? Like, you bring your, your battle chips and your battle card and you fight against... Right. This is a, a great system for, like, a single player or a cooperative right. game. But a versus game, that's kind of like a bit of a silly thing to do, isn't it? Yes. It, it really kills the is. game. So, right. Cyrus, how many people did you see playing Pokemon, uh, Pokemon at the arcades you went to? This this is really, really bad. I only saw, like, on the first day, there was a line of, like, six people to get to the play the machine. And then the next day, there was I was always able to find a, an empty cabinet every time I went after that. Yeah, I had the same experience, and so did my other friend who went to go and play it. Like, it was, like, just dead on arrival. Nobody is playing this game. Which, yeah. day, which days are you going, though? I uh, went weekday and weekend, so... Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I went on Thursday. I, I think my buddy went on the weekend. Because kids, kids only go to arcades on the weekend, right? Yeah, and this is, like, this is summer vacation time. Oh, yeah, that's right true. Now. So this would be, like, the prime time where kids would be running out to the arcade, like... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe that... I should have mentioned that during my Sonic and Olympic talk, because that was also on a national holiday during the summer vacation and yeah there was nobody playing it other than those two kids and the uh, Australian guy <laughs> who I think who I think was just drunk and just walked past it <laughs> and just um, just thought I'll have a go at that but uh, yeah uh, I mean that competitive leveling up system sounds like it could be inverted for a potential console version but for the base game in the arcades that just seems like a completely misguided idea. Yeah, and but like in the, the home console, yes, that's perfect, amazing. Like I would totally be behind that. And and in the arcade, I'm fine with them having it too. Like having a leveling up system is cool. But don't require me to use it if I want to play as all of the Pokemon. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and disagree and say it's bad altogether <laughs> on all accounts. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to be silver lining here, but I don't even don't even try. It. Just go. Because I'm, I'm gonna really I'm gonna really lay into them on the next point. Which is, <laughs> so aside from the gameplay thing, like in the game you play as your Pokemon trainer, the usual Pokemon stuff, and so on your profile card you can 
you have your trainer saved. So you choose if you're going to, are you a boy or are you a girl? And then you can start customizing your guy. So as you play the game, you unlock new clothes and new accessories for your, for your trainer. And this is a pretty standard thing in a lot of fighting games is as you play them, you, you earn money. Then you can use that money to buy alternate costumes or to buy glasses for your persona characters or whatever. And, uh, and in Pokemon, I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'm all aboard for this. So I got my profile card. I spent like an hour setting it up on the internet, got my parents to help me. And then I was really confused because every time I tried to buy, like try to equip some of the items I had already unlocked in the game. So as you, as you win battles, you unlock new clothes, you earn new money. And you're only able to customize your character once you pay for a premium membership on this profile card, which is 300 yen per month. My God. Wow, did they seriously do that? I'm so glad I didn't buy a card. I couldn't believe it when I was doing this. It's like, I'm already paying, I'm paying 100 yen. Oh, oh, wait, you can't believe this as you were doing it. As I was doing it. <laughs> so, like, I paid 100 yen, I play my game. I have paid 500 yen to buy this profile card in the arcade. Is it a nice profile card? It's My one's pretty beat up and crappy because you can use this profile card in a bunch of games. So I use it in Taiko no Tatsujin, the Taiko drumming game. I use it in a bunch of stuff. I think Tekken uses it too. Yeah. So, By the so, way, I was doing the exact same thing on Tekken 5 in 2006 here in Japan and it didn't cost me 300 yen a month. And that's, <laughs> is like I have a Street Fighter card that I level up my Street Fighter guy. Not level him up, I buy new costumes, <laughs> new colors. No, you level him up. And sustain your ranking. Yeah, and my, my KDR is there for all to see on my card. And uh, and same in Tekken. It's just a thing. You unlock stuff on your card. It's to keep you coming back. But then this, this game also has a 300 yen premium membership charge that you have to pay in addition to unlocking the clothes that you're paying 100 yen per turn. To unlock stuff in, and it's bonkers. How they thought this was a good idea, I don't know. Because they thought people would pay. And I'm really, I really want to find out if people will pay. I, I paid. I paid 300 yen to see what this thing actually did. So currently, I have a premium membership for 30 days. Okay. Well, it sounds like you spend a lot of time in arcades, which I don't think anyone listening to this podcast does. <laughs> and you should make some li- lifestyle changes. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, it must be nice to hear. You know, people are probably thinking, "Ah, that takes me back to the 1980s." When I had my profile <laughs> card and I swiped it on my Donkey Kong machine and unlocked colors <laughs> for Jumpman. Yeah. Good times. Excellent. So I guess. Is that uh, is that it for Pokémon? My my final verdict on Pokémon, I enjoy the fighting game part of it. I think it's actually pretty interesting and fun because it's so weird. But everything else sucks so so badly. It's okay. <laughs> like like the game Box went quote. from fun to ruined between the location test and the final version. Yes. So maybe this is. Kind of maybe they're basing it too much on the fact that this will probably be a console game eventually. Yeah, all this stuff. It does sound like a console game. It, it is a console game, 
in an arcade. Like that that leveling up stuff, one hundred percent a console feature. So if you can level up, you know, at home and then use that profile <laughs> online, then that that's still fun. a bad feature to have in a home console game. Just saying. <laughs> Nobody else has said it, but I'm saying it. Yeah. But it's something for people to enjoy who don't have friends. I want to mop them in the head with this microphone. <laughs> I hear that. Okay. So, yeah, Pokken, available soon in all good arcades around the world. So, yeah, that, that game will be good when it hits consoles. For now, it annoys me a lot. Maybe. Dead or on arrival in arcades. Uh, I want to add something <laughs> on, on the Pokken. Uh, fingers crossed for, like, a really fast arcade revision after they look at some numbers and see that they're not going to be good. Pokken right. Tag Tournament 3 or whatever. Right. Yeah, it'll just call it Pokken Turbo. And, you know, <laughs> add some new characters and, you know, fix everything that's wrong with the game in an ideal world. We'll oh, see. Yeah. And, and also to mention that currently the game, I think, has, like, eight characters. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's eight. And, uh, but I think next month they're going to be adding their first addition to the roster. So Blaziken, the, the chicken kung fu guy. From yeah, the, the optimist <laughs> in me says, you know, that this is going to be a revision that's going to be out for not very long, so we'll try this experimental leveling system and stuff, see how it goes. Well, uh, the leveling system ain't going anywhere, dude. That is there, that is there for the long run. I hope not. I, 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 have, I have one question. Is Heihachi overpowered? I, I, don't, I don't know what the tiers are going to be. We're going to have to I've only fought off. two Pikachus. Who was the one? <laughs> I think the, the one Suicune I fought, the legendary dog, like the, the ice dog guy. Yeah. The one guy I played with him thrashed me so hard people were laughing at me in the arcade. So, <laughs> I wonder if I played good. the same guy because no. no. uh, that seems to be the choice of pros right now. Yeah, so because I lost to that character once, I'm going to say he's totally overpowered. <laughs> Scrub codes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if some tournaments happen for this game, but I don't know. Anything else? Yeah, uh, after I played Pokken, I, I played another fighting game that caught my eye Nitro Plus Blasters. Now, let me tell you what this game is it's another anime air dashing Guilty Gear knockoff game starring uh, exclusively anime waifus. Okay. <laughs> so, so, this is on what? This is on the X Bone? Th this is an arcade game. Okay. It's actually getting a, a USA release on, I think, PS3 and PS4, maybe. Yeah, I don't for, know. For anyone wanting to check the caliber of waifu in this game, do a search for Super Sonico, but make sure you don't have any workmates or parents nearby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, this is like one of the most absurd casts I've seen in a fighting game since the... the they, 
the uh, the miserables uh, fighting game. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay. So Nitro Plus Blasters just has like all these random anime girls, and like I I could only name like three of them. <laughs> Seriously, how bonkers this cast is. So, uh, I actually played it, and I liked it a lot, and I connected to with how my choice character plays really quickly and had a good time. My choice character being uh, Saya from <laughs> somewhat popular visual novel, Saya no Uta. <laughs> right? Yeah, let me tell you about my visual novel girl in this uh, 2D fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> right? Thanks, I, I guess Supersonica was console exclusive or she's going to be available when the console version comes out. I, I, I mean, I don't know, even know where to start with this game, but I had fun. Saya has like a lot of cheap keep-away moves and teleports, and that's my kind of character. I, I, I even beat a couple people my first time playing it because it's, you know, it felt basically close to Guilty Gear and Persona. I don't even think this... This game didn't even seem like a big-budget game or anything. It's just like, you know, 2D anime fighting game. But, you know, like I said, the cast is nuts, and I urge you to check it out. It's actually very surprisingly getting a U.S. release. So uh, check that out. Yeah. It was on uh, Shoryuken like a month ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Will it be heavily edited for the Western market? Um, I, I don't know what you're going to edit. As interesting as its source characters are, there's nothing that needs to be edited out of the game. Uh, maybe some sketchy translations. Yeah. We'll see. Like, this, this ain't no Vanguard Princess, which actually was censored when it was released over here. You can download the DLC uncensor pack if you want. But, no, but uh, no. I hope they, they, they censor out the anime cutscene 99 hit combos. Let's <laughs> get old after two or three times. Ultra! Right? Oh. But, uh. There's no, played... there's no uh, birthdays that need to be amended to make girls, you know, older than 14 or whatever. Man, fighting games, they have a storied past. On <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but... Alright, it's goofy as hell, but the way it plays is really fun. You know, it felt really, really crisp, really good. So, that's about all I have to say about Nitro Plus Blasters. Awesome. Are you yeah. honestly... You're honestly going to talk about Perfect Dark Zero next? Uh, yeah, I'll try to keep it short. No. Well, okay. Well, well, Rare Replay is coming out in like two weeks from this recording. Can't you just wait for that? Jesus. Yeah. But uh, okay. So achievements wise, <laughs> like yeah, all, all the games that were ported to 360, like the achievements carry over. It's basically like a big set. Ah, oh, so you're getting, you're getting ahead of yourself. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to get a, a head start in case I try to get all these. And holy macaroni, Perfect Dark Zero is grindy as heck. Like, um... <laughs> so th th there's, like, beating, uh... 
the you know they're speeding the all the missions you know on single player and co-op, but then most of the achievements are multiplayer, and they're they're like these up to the it's like a lot of do a thousand things or do a thing a thousand times really. So on Saturday I got a thousand melee kills. Today Sunday uh, I got a thousand headshots, thousand <laughs> sniper kills. A uh, thousand kills in team multiplayer. Just they had, uh, they had that. They had that in the original Perfect Dark, like to get certain levels. I remember that. In in multiplayer, I remember setting up like bots where you could just like you know snipe them and get those easy kills. Right, like yeah, the original Perfect Dark had this really weird system where there were like four medals you could get, like four yeah. the, four different stars. Right. And like three of them were like easy, you would just get by playing normally, and one was like an accuracy one that you would only get by getting above fifty percent accuracy, which was basically impossible unless you were, you know, rigging it or maybe playing with explosives only. <laughs> True story about Perfect Dark Zero. Um, I went to college with a guy. Um, we kind of like grew up together in the same um, area. We went to Sixth Form College, which is a foreign word to any Americans listening. Right. Um, and we did like computer programming course together. He was like an A star student. I was a C slash D, possibly lower star <laughs> grade student. I'm terrible at programming. And he went on to uh, work for Rare uh, in the golden days. Um, but actually, it was more like the goal, end of the golden days slash beginning of the Microsoft takeover. So he actually worked on the, the Nintendo version of Perfect Dark, the Perfect Dark sequel, for, huh. a, short, for a short while. And then he stayed, out, he stayed on for a little while while Microsoft, the transition to Microsoft, and, and he worked on the, uh, well, yeah, the version that you're playing. I don't know if his name would be in the credits because um, he left before, maybe like just before the game was published or like around about that time. Um, oh, interesting. To go and work for uh, Rockstar, actually. Good <laughs> so, choice. Yeah. Good choice. Good times, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So revisiting this game. Uh, oh, by the way, I claim to be one of the, the world's greatest players of Nintendo 64 Perfect Dark. Y'all should see me sometime. Uh, <laughs> Make uh, a video. Perfect name to be it all you want. Yeah. Uh, so, Perfect Dark Zero, um, it feels very much like... it. Well, it might have been rushed a little bit, like, you know, being in a 360 launch title, but mm, from, like, a design perspective, it feels like very much a product of its time where, I, I don't know, it, like... Halo started influencing all these other first-person shooters in weird ways, like uh, the regenerating health system and slow movement. And I don't, I don't think those are a good fit for Perfect Dark. Like, so Nintendo 64 Perfect Dark, and you know, as an aside, also Goldeneye had very fast character movement, and that was totally gone. In Perfect Dark Zero, in Perfect Dark Zero, you move really sluggishly. That's and... no joke, Joanna. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Holy... Holy I'm, I'm a voice actress. No, seriously. <laughs> okay. And uh, what were they? They added a cover system. 
I guess maybe kind of sort of inspired by Gears of War, but you know, in a multiplayer game, it's not very useful because it kind of immobilizes you. And you know, I kind of feel like they they made the game slower to make it more viable, which I think it was a mistake. <laughs> so hmm. all I remember about Perfect Dark Zero is like it kind of made the rare transfer to Microsoft kind of like that bitter pill easier to swallow. I was like, whew, kind of dodged a bullet there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a great game, but it does have some good points. Like, uh, right, the infection mode in multiplayer is really well executed and is super fun. You, you might remember that as... Uh, how do I explain this? Infection. Yeah, they they had a similar mode in the the Halo games, like um, so, so you're passing something on to somebody. Sort of like um, you know, all the players are alive, and you'll start with like one or two or three players who appear as spooky glowing skeletons, and <laughs> if you get killed by them, you join their side, and you know, in either case, you get points by killing the other team. And, you know, I don't know how to explain it beyond that, but it's fun. Are the skeletons based on the, the x-ray scope kind of thing? The x-ray scope thing? Uh, don't they have a gun? Well, they had it. I don't think they had skeletons in the N64 version, but, like, where yeah. the, 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 the far sight. Yeah. yeah. By, by the way, I claim to be the world's greatest user of the far sight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have people that'll back this up. Uh, Auto aim on or off? Uh, well, I, I play with auto aim off, but the Farsight has two firing modes: one where you manually target, and one where you uh, automatically target. Right. And what you do is you just tap. You you just hold the auto-target for one second, and then, then your aim will slowly move in the direction of the person, and then you untarget, and then you manually move your your reticule in that direction because it's much faster. Right, right. So you're, you're doing this highly technical thing where you're swapping between firing modes. Yeah, I remember doing something, something like that. Like, And if you have auto-aim auto on, it kind of like flicks in the general direction of the person, so that's another way to do it. Yeah, well, I never played with auto-aim because I'm not a dumb baby. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Perfect Dark Zero, not really a good game, but it has its upsides. And hopefully I'll grind all that stuff out before uh, Rare Replay drops. Look at, looking forward to going ham on Blast Core and Battletoads. Oh, Blast Core, can't wait to hear you talk about that. I can't wait. That that was like the very first game I reviewed for N64HQ, which is like the forerunner for Nintendo World Report. Right. Back yeah. in 96. Well, 97 is when Blast Core came out, but yeah. Good memories, good memories. I've been doing this shit for 20 years. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> a long time. Very yeah. poor, very poorly for twenty years. Yeah, um, I'm a fraud.
next, we're saving the best for last, um, especially again. <laughs> um, it's me again. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's Saran, of course. Um, yeah. Saran, um, you have a list of about 120 Japanese games here. Um, why don't you choose a couple to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Um, anything on there that jumps out to you guys? Well, yeah, think... tell me about Persona 4 Dance Hall Night. Oh, ignore what he said. Um, uh, <laughs> rhythm Tangoku is what we should start with, right? That's what. Sure. Uh, They're both rhythm games. Danny, Danny liked it, I think. Yeah, it's um, it's probably uh, one one of the best, if not the best, entry into the Rhythm Heaven series. It starts out um, way easier than any of the previous games because one of the biggest criticisms people had, uh, especially like Rhythm Heaven Fever, was that if you don't get the first game or two, just like those specific rhythms don't click with you, you just can't see the rest of the entire game because it's so merciless. Um, so they start off easy, and on the bottom screen, they actually um, use little firework animations to show you where you're hitting within its margin of error, so it'll tell you if you're being too early or too late, so you can adjust your rhythm for it. Yeah, this is in um, the this is in the demo which I played. Yeah. So, yeah, and then it has over seventy old games and over thirty new games, uh, including remixes. And then there's a ton of unlockable older games. And then w once I've once you've gone through everything, uh, you can start onto the post game, which is this uh, sort of train challenge where you go in and it'll say, okay, here are four different minigames. We're going to double the speed, the tempo for all of them, and on the first one you can only make one mistake. On the second one, you have to get a score of 90% or higher. On the third one, uh, you... the screen is constantly going to get smaller <laughs> until until a monster eats it, and that's your fail state. And in order to make the screen bigger and pull it away from the monster, you have to hit absolutely perfect in the margin of error. Jesus like, <laughs> Yeah. So, and then you start getting sets of, like, eight different minigames, some of which are, like, the hardest in the game at double speed, where you can't make errors. And then eventually some of them start randomly having WarioWare graphics instead uh, because it's the same team. So you'll start seeing characters like Wario Man and Ashley doing huh. um, doing the same minigames, and it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier, and I really, really love it. So how far are you in completing it? I have 100%ed every single thing in the game except for the fi one final tr uh, train challenge. God, get good. Uh, that last <laughs> one, if anyone remembers the game uh, Lockstep or Backbeat from Rhythm Heaven on DS, where you had the uh, white and black colored people on a pink background, and um, the rhythm would basically go on, 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 off, 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 on, on, etc. Uh, yeah. And it was like 
I don't know, it's like two minutes long, and you have to hit every single beat and offbeat. It's basically do that four times at increasing difficulty perfectly. In a row. Cool. Good luck. And <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, that, I think that's the one that I'm going to sort of um, hang my hat on and just say, you know what, I've done literally everything else in this game. I, there's a, there's a built-in achievement system. I have all of the achievements except for that one. Um, Ty, are you, are you man enough to play this game? Oh uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a grizzled uh, music game champion too. By the way, yeah, I can hear him grinding his teeth at that. I have all the achievements except this one. <laughs> it's like right? Ty's worst nightmare, and, and I'll, I'll just leave it. I don't need that last achievement. Now Ty is not going to be able to sleep for weeks. <laughs> well, it's not like there's a gamer score or platinums associated with this. So. I can't share it online. What's the point? There's Meverse. There is Meverse. Yeah, you can write it on Smash Bros. I got right. all the levels and rhythm. Yeah. So to continue the uh, rubbing salt in uh, Ty's eyes, should we talk about uh, Gyakuten Saiban? Please. Sure. Uh, yeah, Daigyakuten Saiban Rianosuke no Boken, I believe is the full name. I think I'm missing a word there. A.K.A. Uh, <laughs> we'll AKA um, I guess the English name is sort of the Great Ace Attorney. Right. Which, um, yeah, here's the thing. This game has not... Capcom hasn't said a word about this game coming over or not coming over into English territories, and on the on the side of they should bring it over, it's a very good game. It's one of the best Ace Attorney, most memorable Ace Attorney games in the series, and it's one of the best looking, most stylishly animated games on the entire 3DS. But nice. The whole point is you're going from Japan into London and a recurring plot point is people speaking English. <laughs> in in England? Say it ain't so. Well, you even... swap it over and say that he speaks American English and they're speaking like Cockney British voices and no one can understand them. You well, what? In in the first case, there's a character who for the bulk of it, um, she the the point is she uh she speaks English but not Japanese, and so she has to speak through an interpreter. But she'll occasionally just go out into outbursts and she'll just shout "shut up" in English and then just start ranting in uh fully fluent English sentences. <laughs> and it's just go and like the joke is supposed to be yeah no one understands this, but coming from me I'm like okay yeah this is a little bit easier to read in the Japanese. <laughs> But then, yeah, it goes back into the... Then there's, like, this... They play it off as this gag, and they move on, and it keeps coming up to the point where I'm just looking at it thinking, man, you guys really did not give a shit about this whether this game is going to come over or not, especially because it takes place during the Meiji Restoration, and the opening lines of the game are basically, think back to what you know of the Meiji Restoration. <laughs> Ah, yes. Let's yeah. think back to our history classes. The, only, the first thing I thought when I saw this game was that they, that the team were like thinking about how many hoops the American teams have been going through to try and make it sound like the, the 
the regular Ace Attorney games are set in America. <laughs> yeah. More than, like, they're talking about, like, all the traditional Japanese stuff. They're like, oh, that's Japantown. And the Yakuza, oh, yeah, the Yakuza came over from Japantown. Yeah. But <laughs> and no. the game was just made specifically to make their lives as difficult as possible. My they're... favorite was, like, the ancient Shinto village. In oh, the, yeah. oh, yes. The American Heartland. Um, <laughs> no, my... The craze really is something. Yeah, remember what a yokai is? No, who cares? Let's move on. Um, so but, can't they just can't they just flip it? You know, just like English speak, yeah, speaking Japanese. Probably. Just change it to blah 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 blah. Oh, uh, problem the, solved. And just for those listening that who are saying like, oh well, it's an Ace Attorney game, they have to bring it over. The the sequel, like one of you know the, the what's his name, Edgeworth. Yeah, uh, Miles Edgeworth uh, 2 never came over. Yeah, yeah. so the sequel to his own investigations game is Japan only, so there is a track record for them deciding to just go... Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. I bought that, and I think the Japanese in that one is a little over my head. It's rough. Um, I, a full fan translation for it that I plan on checking out at some point. I managed yeah. to get through it, but it was a bit complex. This is unbelievable, because guess what amazing writer decided let's pull out some kanji that hasn't been used since the 18th and 19th <laughs> centuries. Uh, that's pretty authentic uh, writing right there. Yeah, for two to three hundred years. But, like, things that aren't going to play over, like, the protagonist is this tradition, like, the protagonist's uh, companion is this traditional sort of subservient uh, Japanese youth wearing a yukata with, um, like hair tie, um, like traditional hair ties, who fantasizes about um, gear up because she reads a bunch of foreign um, mystery novels. Like this is almost as Japan as you can get. Wow. Um, also, Sherlock Holmes is what is the main detective, and. He is the. This is one of the weirdest portrayals of the character I've ever seen. <laughs> Go uh, on. It's pretty much the word I would use to describe him is dork. <laughs> and you will find him like you'll just walk into a scene right, and it'll say like, "Okay, now go and investigate this room," and you'll just look at this dresser, and he's just curled up in there taking a nap, <laughs> or. Or, like, you'll hear, like, a clang, and everyone will turn their head, and he's just sort of, like, Spider-Man standing upside down, hanging from the ceiling. Just, like, totally chill, just, like, like rest, like, sort of grappling against the wall, and you'll move over to him, and you'll ask, like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, ah, investigating for science. <laughs> and it's a um, question, because I know that this has, like, Sherlock Holmes looks pretty traditional, but Watson is, like, a 12-year-old girl with pink hair or something. So, <sighs> can I say spoilers for the first, like, 120 seconds of the game? Oh, my God, that, that's pushing it. No, yeah. one is, no one is ever going to play this game. <laughs> yeah, this game's never coming over. The, the victim in the first case is Watson, but... The Watts, the Watson character is played by Watson's, effectively his niece, Iris Watson, who is basically on par with Holmes in terms of intellect. Yeah, I figured. And is a twelve-year-old girl with pink hair. Yes. Uh, it's pretty 
fascinating. Also, the opposing prosecutor is basically a vampire straight out of Twilight who drinks wine from a goblet and taunts your character mercilessly. Fun fact about that Japanese uh, the vampire drinking out of a goblet is every year for, for Halloween class in my, uh, in my high school, I do like a drawing thing where I tell them, draw the vampire in the, the top left window of this house or something. So I have to read the instructions and draw the vampire. And almost every student draws like a vampire, like a really handsome guy in a cape holding a goblet of blood. So that, that, is, the, that is the Japanese shorthand for a vampire, is a really oh, yeah. attractive dude holding a goblet. So he's not like actually like a blood-sucking vampire, but the character is portrayed as sort of like vampiric yeah. and he's preying on you. He almost gets a guilty verdict after one after you press one statement in your first trial against him. Um, he, he cheats, like, unbelievably. I don't want to spoil too much on the off chance that it does come over, but the characters, everything is just so crazy and so over the top. And again, it's one of the most stylishly produced, well-animated games on the 3DS, in 2D or 3D. That's cool. is, is it a 3D poly polygonal kind of style? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the care and there's a bunch of lighting effects where where the screen will go dark and then a spotlight will show up over what Holmes is pointing at and he'll spin into view in the foreground, tip his hat, snap his fingers, spotlight will change and then the screen will just get cut like basically be replaced with uh, like a newspaper and then you'll hear a typewriter typing and it'll say like uh, topic 1 conclusion and then what he summarized, and then it'll move over to topic two, and then the newspaper uh, uh, like page will fall down, and then you'll move back into the conclusions. And then when Holmes is done up observing, you go in and you try and find rebuttals for his conclusions based on the evidence. Saran, have you watched any of the BBC Sherlock show? I have. Are there any similarities with how that Sherlock is portrayed, you know, the genius part of it or whatever. Um, how he's lack sees... of social skills, but <laughs> yeah, right. that, those manifest in different ways. In the okay. uh, BBC show, that's very much just sort of not talking to anyone and just coming off as an asshole. Right. Uh, this Holmes is very over-eager and will get in your face about everything. Okay. Uh, it's it's very it comes off actually really really funny. I'm uh, really enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, again, some of the Japanese is so archaic that I scan a kanji dictionary, never appears there. I have to do my best <laughs> to try and figure it out. It's it's so I'm old. It's actually it, Chinese. I'm guessing <laughs> it doesn't show like any furigana or anything on it. It does on the absolute absolute most obscure. So for those listening who don't know, is that so in Japanese you've got your like regular easy alphabet and then really complicated difficult symbols called kanji, where like a yeah. certain word will have its own individual kanji. Yes. And some and for for like lower level games like Pokemon or Animal Crossing, a lot of the kanji will have beginner or, translations written underneath them. Yeah. Or any level five game. So when I was playing, um. Leighton versus Ace Attorney back when it came out in Japan in like 2011, late late 2011, early 2012. When I played through that, 
because that was technically a level 5 developed game, even the Ace Attorney segments had Furigana over everything. Okay, that's cool. So it was an absolute breeze. And then I get to this, and it's like, whoa, boy. Hello, big leaks. Um, so definitely not import-friendly, but definitely an amazing game, and I really, really hope Capcom brings it over, because I want... I think that even, like, even Jess as a visual showpiece is a great sort of swan song for the 3DS. Like, Capcom really, like has aced how to milk the 3DS oh. for all it's worth. Nice pun. Yes. Aced it. Um, so, next game. This one's for Ty. Yeah, baby. Okay. <laughs> so, in case people don't know, Ty has a fun segment called Faker Real. Do you want to <laughs> explain what Faker Real is real quick? Just give, yeah. it, a, give it a pitch. Yeah. So every now and then I do this game where uh, I name and or describe a Japanese video game. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes I made it up. And it's always bizarre. So what would I tell you? Or what, how would you react if I told you that there is a Japanese PS4 and Vita game that has a 65-word title in English that is rated <laughs> 17 plus exclusively for sexuality. Is it real or did she make it up? <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds pretty plausible. Yeah. Actually. It's by D3 Publisher, and this is the English name. Summertime High School, A Young Man's Notes. How a new exchange student like myself ran into his childhood friend on the school school tour, comma, then for some reason became super popular with the girls for his daily scoop on the school photography club, even though he only takes panty shots, and what he thinks as he goes on dates during his summer of island school life. <laughs> DX, DX version 2. My girlfriend is the president. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking so, at, like, this game, like, I'm just doing a quick look at it on a few websites here. And it well, you, you typed that into Google already? Wow. Uh, I've got good Google food. I've got, like, Summertime High School, a Young Man's Notes, Hit Enter. And it's, like, yeah. it breaks... Uh, did you just get muted? Did I think you? we lost Cyrus. Uh, did we? Did we? Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> you're, you're back now. What were you saying? That it's like the name is so long, it just breaks the formatting on a bunch of websites. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Uh, it's if you can look at a logo. Uh, here, I'll get on camera just for a second for the live what? for the uh, oh, you've video. Got the physical here. game. I've got the physical game. That's the logo. And all that. Oh my god, it's a lot of words. It's sixty-five words in English. I'm pretty sure my students. Like won't even submit most of their essays to be sixty-five words. So yeah, this is a real ass physical PS4 game that I am holding. I'm watching the trailer now. It's <laughs> it actually got quite nice visuals. I like the like the bouncy color. <laughs> I assume bouncy being um. I have not watched any videos, but I regret my choice of words immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so. Here's the um, here's the gist of it. So this is an open world game where you're controlling a generic anime male character. 
and uh, you have a camera on, around you at all times. And you bump into a childhood friend, as the title says, and you join the photography club. And people don't trust you at first, so you go around and you take some shots of scenery, and you start building up your relationships with your classmates. So Yeah, I see them taking pictures of like shrines and Stonehenge and stuff. Oh, yeah. I guess but, Stonehenge is in Japan now. Yes. But <laughs> now so I see can... them like, like solid snake crawling into the girl's bathroom. Yeah, so you can at any time, this is what the D-pad does. The D-pad hitting down makes you crawl on your back, uh, crawl on your stomach, you hit left or right to flip up onto your back, and then you can sort of crab walk like on your back around Japan to take picture of pictures of girls' panties. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I'm going to put get... a, a picture on Twitter like right now, but please keep okay. talking. Fake. <laughs> yeah, if you get caught uh, by the girls or by onlookers, the girls will chase you or the security officers can chase you and uh, you have to get away from them. And that's sort of the crux of the gameplay. So it's highly realistic then. That said, the development staff, it's very clear that there were that this used to be two different games. Because the open world is heavily populated with hundreds and hundreds of distinct characters with their own stories, and you can go do fishing, you can do swimming, you can go on hikes, you can you know, interact with all these different characters and help them out, you can pursue like actual like full emotional relationships with all the girls. Or, or you can just take pictures of their pants. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> Those are the two games at combat here. And so I bought this um, against my better judgment because I thought, well, PlayStation 4 has uh, live streaming, and wouldn't it be a hilarious <laughs> joke if I just suddenly started live streaming this and people on Twitter could just jump into my Twitch stream and we could all have a laugh at the creepy Japanese game. Banned from Twitch. Banned <laughs> from any PS4 sharing functionality, including screenshots. Wow. You can't Rick. take screenshots, you can't capture video, and you can't stream. Well, with proper <laughs> streaming equipment, they can't really stop you, can they? It's HDCP. Yeah, it's, it blocks the inbuilt PS4 streaming thing. Yeah, but it's HDCP'd. So you just like Netflix, so you can't actually stream it out over HDMI. Oh wow, good game! Unless you buy a multi-hundred-dollar HDCP stripper, because There's I tried always that. Always I have a streaming box. Just wow. get an, just get an iPhone and record the TV screen. Do yeah. So <laughs> so I was basically left with this like eight thousand yen per VPS4 game that I couldn't stream, which is the intended purpose, but. That's when I started to... Yeah, that's when I realized the actual open world. And so I've actually been having a lot of fun with this, not doing what the game name intends, but doing what's in the game, which is just sort of... There's just right. this Japanese city. It's like this so, island, and you can go around and do whatever. You can do whatever. Uh, check out my Twitter, SuperCatDrugs, for the, the, the highlight of the trailer. Oh yes, I retweeted that. Yeah, well, at SuperCatDrugs or Man, my you, own. You guys, you guys are act fast. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so this game, this game, I'm going to put on video one more time, this real-ass PS4 game that had limited edition... This is where it gets real. A limited edition uh, code for uh, first-run physical copies that came with um, basically nude, nude DLC. <laughs> of course it did. It's it's a it's skin colored underwear that covers maybe about ten pixels. <laughs> Man, why didn't Microsoft pay to have this exclusive? <laughs> but oh, yeah, God. it's a PS4. Galgun crap. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! It's... I just got to the part of the trailer where the he, the the kid is running from the cop at like full yeah. speed. Yeah, that's welcome to this game. Oh, yeah, that's the end of new business. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. A very wide breadth of games. <laughs> some involving underpants, some not involving underpants. Uh, yeah, things for all people. Come on and slam, and welcome to Japan. Okay, and next we're going to just run through a few new releases here in Japan. Obviously, uh, uh, the Daigaso Band Brothers P debut. 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 This is a new version? Yes. Uh, yes. This is coming out in the 3DS eShop. Is this an eShop exclusive thing? Yes. Yeah, so Daigaso Band Brothers P came out on the 3DS a while ago, like two years ago? Maybe three years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, it's pretty old. It's a pretty decently old game. And it's a really... I love the Daigasa Band Brothers games. They're really yep. fun music games. They're kind of more geared towards making music than playing music a lot of right. the times. And, uh, but they're, they're really cool. And uh, so the game is kind of weird, though, this Daigasa Band Brothers P, and it got a lot of flack for it when it came out, is that when you buy the game like full copy in stores... It only has four songs uh, in the game, but you get a you get a, a download token for 100 free songs. 100 tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, the weird tomatoes. tomato system. I remember this. Yeah. But, yeah. but they go bad. And they go yes. bad. Yeah, I remember this. We talked about this on the telethon with them, um, the eight four guys. I, I, yeah. so I shouldn't have invested is. my college fund in tomatoes. <laughs> I the bought this. Expires. I bought this, and yeah, I had 70 tomatoes left over or so, and they're all rotten by now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, terrible, terrible idea where you get 100 songs, your DLC code runs out after a certain amount of time, and you're... So th this new version, this debut, um, gives you all the 100 songs? No. So the debut version is an eShop exclusive. It only costs about 200 yen. Oh, okay. And you only get the four core songs. You get no free tomatoes. Mm -hmm. You can buy them. So you can buy them separately after you have these four core songs. But you also don't get the music creation tools. Oh, wow, I didn't spot that part. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they're not going to give that to you for 200 yen. Yeah. So, yeah, 
you just get the four songs and the ability to purchase new songs. You don't get the music creation tools. You don't get the hundred uh, tomatoes. And yeah, so, yeah, just like a not like free to play, but like almost free to start kind of. Yeah, kind of yeah. see what the game is like. Okay. Well, um, we were going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this in the news section, but um, apparently uh, there's a bunch of songs that have been added for free. Yeah, it's yes. probably not even worth bringing up in the news if we're going to talk about it here. Cause it's yeah, cool. might as well talk about it now. Yeah. But there's a limited window on them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Splits music, Fire Emblem If music. And Splatoon music, Animal Crossing, I think. And yes, the Animal Crossing Happy Home designer theme, and then the Splatoon theme, and then the Fire Emblem F theme. Yeah, and if you if you go to Nintendo, uh, well NCL, uh, the Japan YouTube channel, they actually have a bunch of these up on, so you can listen to like the Splatoon theme done in Daigasa Band Brothers, which is yeah, uh, and, pretty and cool. It should be mentioned that Daigasa Band Brothers. Because it's a music creation tool, all of the songs are built using the, the software. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it gives them a very yeah. unique Daigazo Brand Brothers sound to them. There's the yeah. full vocals and full audio suite that the Splatoon theme usually has is stripped down of this really basic kind of chiptunes almost sound. Yeah. It's good stuff, good stuff. Um, the other new release, <laughs> kind of unusual, this one, is another arcade game. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Arcade. I remember this kind of being the location test was done quite a while back now. I remember um, tweeting pictures of this out, and but the the person who did the location test didn't actually take pictures of the game themselves. <laughs> they just took a picture of the the unit. But now you can actually watch videos uh, on YouTube. Somebody's actually gone and played it, so you actually have the the uh, Obacum, um which I forget what the English name is, the ghost vacuum. Oh, Poltergust, right? Yeah. Um, you actually, you know, it's like two-play, you've got like these huge, you know, poltergusts, and you can, you know, aim it at the screen. Um, it was quite a bad YouTube video that I saw. I couldn't, but it kind of looks like the 3DS, you know, Luigi's Mansion 2, but maybe slightly up kind of thing. But anyway. It looks kind of cool, and I'll definitely play this um, if I can find it. Um, it wasn't in um, Akihabara the other yeah, week. Yeah, it was in none of my local haunts either. So I it's a it's a big know. machine. It's like it's like a sit-in, like a boxed-in kind of. Yeah. So usually my arcade, like it's a pretty, it's kind of a date arcade where you bring your boyfriend. Or <laughs> so it's got a lot of these kind of easy enough party game almost things, and uh, so you're, like, the, you're like, the only guy there on his own. Oh yeah, I, I bring like a one of those full body pillows just so I don't feel <laughs> but uh it's got like all these big machines like Let's Go Jungle and the, the AKB forty eight zombie shooter game and Yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so I was really expecting this game to be here, but it wasn't. You shoot the AKB girls to save them, right? Yes, yes, that's that's the explanation we'll go with for today. That's right. Does anyone know of any other retail three D S or Wii U games that are out this week? Everyone is just holding their can't think of anything. <laughs> oh, can't think of anything. It's probably some yokai watch thing. There's usually oh yeah, yokai. You yeah, yokai watch busters. I think I that's sure if that was the one, but yeah, I saw a big that yeah, 
Last this week, I think. Same, yeah, last week alongside Dijakt and Saiban. Yeah, I saw TV adverts for that, um, the, the Busters game. So. Yeah. And as we said last time, that game actually looks pretty decent. It looks like a fun game. Well, I don't know about that, but anyway. I thought it looked pretty good. It looked like it was uh, it was more fun looking than I was expecting. Is he wearing like a Ghostbusters kind of costume thing? Yeah, he can, he can wear a <laughs> Ghostbusters costume, which I think is adorable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Way over the head of every Japanese kid playing. This is like completely off topic, but like I was in this department store the other day, and I was, I was in this, <laughs> I was in this lift, and like a, I don't know what you would call it, an, a pipe organ version of the Ghostbusters theme came on. It just felt very inappropriate. It was kind of like you know, like a clothing store section of it, full of these, all of these old Japanese women, you know, housewives, just like, and I just walking along, popping my head to the Ghostbusters theme. Very bizarre. Um. Yeah, and next we're going to move on to charts because uh, we can't think of any other thing, games that have come out. Maybe these charts will tell us. <laughs> um, so yeah, number 10, there's the PS4 Godzilla game, which apparently is not good. Hot trash. There you go. And then there's Minecraft on everything except Nintendo platforms. That's the Vita version. And number eight, there's the uh, Taiko no Tatsujin, a.k.a. Drum Master. That's number eight. That's on the Vita, I think. Yes, Vita, Vita version. And uh, number seven, we have the first Nintendo game. Uh, yeah, Rhythm, Rhythm Heaven. Rhythm Heaven, Zabesto Prasu. That's doing pretty well. Uh, 343,000 so far. Um, a bit down from last week. But yeah, 17,000 in one week, which is pretty good. Uh, number six, we've got Fire Emblem... Uh, well, let's do the English title. Fire Emblem Fates, Black Kingdom... No, that's not the English title, is it? No, it's <laughs> Fire Emblem it? Fates, um, Birthright and Conquest. Thank you, yes. yeah. If, if you want to hear more about that, you should listen to RFN with uh, Seren. <laughs> we talked talked about it. <laughs> that was the one game she's allowed to talk about. Well, uh, that and Zenoblade. That and Zenoblade, right? Yeah. Well, Danny's talked enough about that, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Fire Emblem's doing all right. Three hundred sixty-three thousand total so far. And uh, number five, Splatoon. It's always I don't know. It warms my heart to see that still in the top ten in Japan. A shooter made by Nintendo. <laughs> On the Wii in Japan. U. On the Wii what U. What a world. What a world. What a world we live in. 430,000. Um, slowly getting towards the half a million. Um, so, yeah, that's number five. Doing pretty well. And number four is a game Seren just talked about. The Great Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Not a Hodoryo's gonna book in. It is not uh, Phoenix Wright. Ugh. Uh, so 23,000 this week, um, up to 159,000 total. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, slowly getting up there. Uh, number three, this uh, just, uh, it's, it's already out in Europe, but it just came out uh, in Japan. Yoshi's Woolly World, or Uru Wordo, as it's uh, barely said in Japan, Japanese. Uh, that's brand new. That just came out. So it, it's on 31,000 in its first week. Uh, which is okay. 
I'll see how. Amiibo are still on the shelves. Yes, um, for the video viewers, um, I'll show you something at the end of the episode. Uh, number two, very surprising, this one. Uh, the PS4 version of Arkham Knight um, sold 48,000. Uh, so Batman pulverized Yoshi. Poor Yoshi. Uh, that, so I guess I was a little bit delayed in Japan. Um, but yeah, the PS4 version of it is getting crazy advertising on TV. I don't know if you guys are noticing. Like a Japanese comedian dressing as Batman uh, <laughs> doing bizarre things in restaurants. Um, that is a pretty standard Japanese advertising tactic. Yep. Get a comedian, make him do something stupid in a costume partially related to the game you're selling. And then, number one... Um, Cyrus's favorite game in the world, apparently. Yokai Watch Busters. It's Red true. Ca- I know Red one Cat. character from this game. <laughs> Red Cat, White Dog uh, versions. Both versions have been uh, put together here. 220,000. And from what I recall, the dog version outsold the cat version, just like Splatoon. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Nine, almost a million units in two weeks. That's ridiculous for for you know like a side story yeah, it's game. It's not even the core game; it's a spin-off game in a totally different genre. So yeah, Yokai Watch doing the whole Pokemon thing, you know. Even if it's not a main game, it still sells shitloads. There you yep. go, boom. So yeah, there's the charts. Um, interesting that you know we talked about most of the game the Nintendo games in this uh, top ten, which is pretty cool. Yoshi's Woolly World will get talked about when. Either me or Danny buys it. Danny may have already bought it, actually. I can't remember if he said he did. He would. Uh, I know he's got the Amiibos. He's got all three Amiibos. He's, he's told me about that. No, he only has two. His wife or his son or someone has the other one. <laughs> no, he doesn't have any sons that he knows about. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's the charts. So, let's move on to Japan News. <laughs> you love it. So, who wants to talk about Evo? Yeah, no. baby. No one? No one? I can't oh. hear anybody. No? No. Ah, uh, I just spent my entire weekend watching <laughs> Evo. Yeah, like, I, I had planned on maybe doing something else, like anything else, but I literally just lay out on my futon the entire weekend watching fighting games. I had up to, like, seven or eight streams <laughs> open at once. The Matrix, yeah, but for Evo. Not to mention I was well busy operating scrub quotes. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> if, if any of you listening are in any ways interested in fighting games, do yourself a favor and follow scrub quotes on, yeah. on, uh, on Twitter. It's amazing. Yeah, also, uh, Famicast is the only platform I've admitted to running scrub quotes on, so you guys keep it on the DL, because, you know, eventually I'm going to get murdered. 
<laughs> yeah. For taking the piss out of someone. Fighting game fans, are they actually good at fighting in real life? No. Uh, <laughs> if you look at a lot of American players, those guys are built like tanks. Yeah, actually, I was going to say, you know, there, there's a lot of shit talking, but I've only ever heard of, like, one fight ever in fighting <laughs> game history. That's brilliant. And that was captured on stream. Shouts. <laughs> Noel Brown, was it? Yeah, I think it was Yeah, I'm pretty sure he punched a guy on stream. <laughs> because he lost? Well, I, I think it was because this guy was hassling him, like, all night. And also, uh, I think he has a short temper, among <laughs> other things. I'm pretty sure he went to jail because he... Punched his girlfriend and his girlfriend's new boyfriend that was not him. Or something along those lines. I don't know, but... Fighting games. Noel yeah. Brown punched a guy on stream. But uh, every, every, like, every month or so in Tokyo, there's a fighting game like meetup in Tokyo. For, it's kind of like an American-themed fighting game tournament, so it's like all American games. And a lot of the, like the non-Japanese speaking players go to this thing, and uh, and it's a lot of them are from like army bases and stuff because that's like a huge amount of Americans live in Tokyo area are from army bases. So they're all these huge, muscly dudes all playing these fighting games. So it's it's quite all, play, all playing as Guile. Yeah, da, 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 da. pretty da, much. Da, 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 da. That's why they don't play Street Fighter because everyone just plays Guile all the time. Boring. So were there any Nintendo games at Evo? Oh, yeah. We have uh, Smash Brothers and other Smash Brothers. Brilliant. Yeah. You got uh, Melee and Smash 4. Rip in peace, brawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be never talked about again. I think uh, on stream they had Splatoon? Uh, they were... Okay, Nintendo sponsored the event. And, well, not solely sponsored, but... They ran a lot of Splatoon ads on stream. Yeah, I, cool. I thought I heard that they had like a Splatoon booth, so. Maybe, I don't know. They, yeah. just, for, just for funsies? Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of games companies do run their booths to show off some competitive games, and they were really pushing like Splatoon as an esports game on those ads they were running, so maybe they did have a booth. Trying to convince people to play maybe. it. Maybe. I had a page of a side tournaments open. They There were over. 20 games at, on side tournaments at Evo. As opposed Catherine. to... Yeah, Catherine. That, yeah, that, like Catherine. that is such a shockingly good tournament game. Competitive Catherine was trending, and I and I tweeted out uh, right then that I could die happy. Like, so, uh, Nintendo games. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the in Evo, like they have... I think eight main, nine, they have nine main games this year. And yeah, then, nine main games. You know, so Ultra Street Fighter Four is pretty much always the top game. It had two thousand two hundred and twenty people this year. And yeah. the next, the next two games, top two, uh, like the the second most entered game and the third most entered game were Smash for Wii U and Smash Melee. Crazy. With like nineteen hundred people for Wii U and eighteen hundred people for Melee. Was was Brawl never ever at any tournament ever? They they ran it and it was it not really a good experience. Yeah. Okay. So they, is this already kind of 
good news that you know if Wii U has been there, it's like a good sign that it could be you know competitive and stand the test of time. We'll not have to look at shitty GameCube graphics the rest of our lives. <laughs> CRTs. Yeah, like the, the, I, there there was some salt from uh, some of the organizers. Uh, I think one of the Cannon Brothers tweeted out. Melee players, there's got to be a better way, <laughs> along with a picture of a mountain of CRT TVs. <laughs> I love the GameCube, but, you know, it's kind of boring to see the same game being trundled out, you know, for ten years running. Well, you're a scrub then. Get good. Just just at least make it HD. That's <laughs> hey, that's on Nintendo. It's not on the players. Put out HD Melee... You don't play... that, that'll sell like hotcakes. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the oldest game they have? Is Melee the oldest game at Evo? Uh, as a main event, yes. As well, a, there you go, then. As a side tournament, you know, they're still running, like, ST. Like Street Fighter 2 for those. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a hyper-fighting side tournament. But you know what I mean. Like, a major of all the major games, that's by yeah, far the oldest the and crappiest looking, right? Melee yeah. 100% the oldest. It's like 15 years old at this point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Because, like, when you're looking at, like, you know, best matches ever on, on YouTube or something, it doesn't matter if you put it to 1080p or 480p. It doesn't change anything. Right. <laughs> you could be looking at a video from 10 years ago or, you know, last week. It doesn't matter. But well, anyway. It's a good game, and good games last forever. That is true. That is true. So, who won? Both of those tournaments. Zero. Uh, zero won a Smash 4, and what's his name? Was it Armada that won Smash 4, or am I tripping? I, it was Armada. I mean, Melee, Melee, I mean. Yeah, Armada, Armada won Melee. melee. Hungry yeah, Box got second, yeah. representing that Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff? Yeah, dude. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Puff is usually a pretty tough laser. Yeah. Does he well, use Sing at all? Yeah. Sing yeah. is awesome. Because it's like a one-hit kill. No, no, that's Rest. Oh, I'm thinking, oh yeah, fuck Sing. Yeah, I didn't see Sing used once. Okay, so just the Rest. A well-timed Rest can kill a dude, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, the top There's some good setups for it. Say the top three in Smash Bros. Melee was Armada was using, or Armada, was using Fox and Peach, and number two was Hungrybox using Jigglypuff, and third was PPMD using Marth and Falco. Yeah. Hungrybox making second was a little bit of an upset. Like, he beat someone he is, like, uh, I think literally never beat before uh, in the uh, top eight. So cool. that was arousing. I got some good <laughs> scrub quotes out of that one. Because, like, uh, so Hungrybox was definitely playing to win. He was he was playing like super lame. He was digging in. He was hanging off the edge for like 30 seconds at a time. He did not care. Yeah, the crowd was uh, actively booing him a lot, which is awesome. Yes, delicious scrubs. <laughs> Getting the, the some death some death threats on uh Reddit. Mm, is so that uh, what do you, is that called like ledge hogging or something? Whatever, I, I don't speak scrub. 
Yeah. But what, what's what's wrong with it? Why why people complain? Nothing is wrong with it. So from a but, gameplay so... point of view, it's great because it means you're hiding on the ledge, you can't get attacked without the other guy getting counterattacked. So it's a sound tactical move. Yeah, in, in melee, it gives you it, it gives you a lot of invincibility. Yeah, but if you're a person watching it, it's boring as fuck because the guy <laughs> is just hanging on the ledge for, as Ty said, like. 10 to 20 30 seconds. That, it doesn't work in Wii U, right? Because um, yeah, yeah, the mechanics on the Wii U are a bit different there. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know enough about melee or brawl or Wii U to really go into the specifics of the differences. But yeah, you can't do it as well in Smash Four. Oh man, there are so many great teaching moments at Evo. Uh, I retweeted an article a little while back. Um, uh, I forget what site it was from, but the title was The Dangers of Playing to the Crowd. Mm. All right. But they didn't <laughs> mention Hungrybox, and uh, they really should have, because uh, he displayed a, a lot of mental toughness. Uh, I, I think a lot of it comes from his experience at uh, from many, many, many tournaments over God knows how many years. Because you know yeah. melee, melee is now officially an old man's game. Yeah, it's it's a thing that you don't notice, you don't realize until you're there on stage. Because I played a lot of fighting game tournaments, and at one of them in France, I was on the stream to like a thousand or two thousand people, and it's this huge weight is like because you know everyone's watching you, judging every move you're doing, and for him, like he's on stage, he's doing all this shit that he knows everyone hates. He's got like a thousand people in the crowd all booing him. And he knows if he changes his attack style, they'll stop booing him, and they might like his game more. But he has a higher chance of losing. So for him to just suck it up and hang there with the crowd booing him to have a better chance at winning is really, really mentally tough to do. Yeah. Uh, um, in a certain other game, the exact opposite thing happened when somebody started boo- when everybody started booing. Um. So in this other game. Uh, the name unimportant. Uh, a certain player was down to one pixel life, and the other player had almost a full life bar. So full life bar player is like, okay, I'm just gonna sit across the screen and hold down and back until the timer runs out. I will sit here for two or three fucking minutes. I don't care. So and he started doing that, and then everybody started booing. And then he started to freak out, and then he lost in one of the most embarrassing <laughs> super comebacks in video game history. Yeah. Um, my my favorite story that I heard from this Evo was the guy who stood up thinking he'd won. Yeah. <laughs> like started chanting to the crowd, you know, punching the air, and then turning around and realizing that they'd got another round and he and he lost. Yeah, that happened in top eight in Guilty Gear, and that was funny as heck. Yeah. yeah, that was even shown that. on like ESPN and stuff. Like American full sports TV were showing that replay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean I've seen pop offs go wrong before, but, so that <laughs> that was that wasn't so new to me. And fair but, fuck's name, I think his name is Wo Wochige. Was it? Uh, yeah. Wochige, Wochige. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's like. Like, he took it in good spirits, which was pretty good. He didn't, like, when he saw what he did, he was, like, laughing 
Yeah, lucky for him that happened in winner's bracket. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he didn't utterly, like, like get super salty over it. He just, you know, he, he took it. He made a stupid mistake, and he kind of Yeah, left. and it, then he became the crowd favorite right after that. They were cheering for him the rest of the way. But, did the other guy just start pummeling into him when he yeah, wasn't getting? immediately. Like, as soon as he saw the other guy wasn't coming back, he's, like, hammering start button, getting through the cutscenes. Oh, yeah, training mode combo. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, a lot of teaching moments at at Evo. You gotta be mentally tough, and you gotta be merciless. There you go. Well, I'm happy for you guys. Finally, yeah. they did a fighting game tournament. After. Yeah, I know. It's great, right? Maybe they'll do another one next year. Who knows? Um, in other news, we have non-fighting game related. And so. And <laughs> um, what do we got here? So yeah, Dragon Quest. Does anybody like Dragon Quest? Nope. nope. I played the first one when I got it free from my Nintendo Power subscription. Honk honk. So I played seven and nine. Okay, so as we all know, Dragon Quest Ten was an online game, and that put a lot of people off. You know, maybe long-term fans didn't actually go for it, or maybe they did. But anyway, uh, Dragon Quest Ten was a Wii U. Uh, Wii, and then Wii U, uh, and then PC, and then iOS, and then and then 3DS game. Uh, But it's a you know it was a MMO RPG, right? You had to be online all the time to play it, even though it did have a small offline section. But anyway, Yuji Hori um, uh, was recently interviewed, uh, the series creator, and he said Dragon Quest XI, aka the next major uh, home, home console version of the game will not be online. It will be an offline, you know, traditional uh, version of the game. So obviously the speculation now is which console it will be. Um, My guess is probably PS4, Uh, (laughs) because let's face it, it's selling the most throughout the world, and it's Japanese, a Japanese company. And, yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be be for Xbox, is it? And it's not going to be for Wii U. Um, well, highly doubtful anyway. So yeah, if you like Dragon Quest, I guess please look forward to that. In the meantime, you can play that Dragon Quest Heroes game or whatever it's called. The, uh, the based on style. yeah, Dynasty Dragon- Warrior. Yeah, it's that that's coming out in the West around the same time that the second game is coming out in Japan. <laughs> well, yeah, it looks it looks great. But obviously, it's not a Dragon Quest game, is it? So. Now it's a Warriors game. There you go. Same as uh, Zelda Musou isn't a Zelda game. Yep. Um, next up we have... Uh, okay, who added this one? I did. New weapons for Splatoon? Yeah, so there's been a recent uh, Splatoon TV ad was put up on Japanese TV. And it's just kind of the usual Splatoon stuff. Shows a bunch of kids thinking a bunch of squids. And... Uh, <laughs> But it kind of flicks through the, the content really quickly, and it shows off a bunch of new stuff that hasn't actually been added to the game yet, which is kind of neat. Huh. So, like we mentioned before about Splatoon, that they periodically, like, once a week or once every couple of weeks, they add in new guns, they add in new levels to the state, to the game to kind of to keep this rolling wave of new content coming out for the game to get people, people to keep playing it. So this trailer showed off some totally new weapons, 
which is pretty neat because usually the new weapons are just like slightly modified stats of previous weapons. Right. But uh, this new one, they showed off like a, a big, massive Gatling gun uh, ink shooter. So like uh, like the heavy from Team Fortress 2 with this like comically oversized Gatling gun. And nice. One character using one of those, which I am totally going to be trying out. We're talking like Predator style, you know. Yeah, like a mini full thing, Predator right? carving up the yeah. Gatling gun. <laughs> It's awesome. got that cute, like, Splatoon aesthetic, so it's got, like, a big water keg on the side of it that's full of ink. <laughs> and then the awesome. other weapon was, uh, like, a bucket of paint where you're just splashing paint on people. So it's just, like, A refilling bucket. Yeah, why not? <laughs> if, if your issue with this game being unrealistic is the guy has a bucket that's full of paint, then we have to talk about this. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. You can there read the back. There's other stages too, like a, a school stage, and I think it was a sky uh, suspension bridge. So. Yeah. I like the one that's got like a Japanese kind of apartment buildings in the background. Yeah, that's the same. <laughs> that's coming out soon. I'm really excited to try that one. It's like the the really strange, like a vertical style, a vertical design stage, which is neat. Yeah. Cool. Um, next up. Actually, I guess before we drift past Splatoon, some other pressing business on them that I forgot to add to the, the agenda. Of uh, mm -hmm. The Japanese Splatoon recently finished their another Splatfest. Oh, is this the, the tea one? Yes, so they had lemon tea versus milk tea, and this is another one of their questionable branding. <laughs> right, things. it's a... Completely sponsored by a company, right? Yeah, these two famous tea, or this one famous tea brand you'll see in every 7-Eleven in, in Japan. So they had, which do you think is better, lemon or milk tea? I just saw a picture of this. Like, they, they changed the ink to, like, a creamy white and a yellow yeah, color, right? creaming white that every pervert has been waiting for them to add to the game. I mean... Ew! <laughs> I mean, yeah, those two colors... <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've got piss yellow and creamy white. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yep. And, of course, in a landslide victory, semen... Oh, God. <laughs> no. No. Um, so, yeah, talking about 7-Eleven, um, um, if you want free crap... For your Animal Crossing, uh, the I think this is the Happy Home Designer. They yes. are having Monster Hunter themed stuff in Animal Crossing. Well, not is... just that; they're having actual Seven Eleven stuff, including a Seven Eleven villager. <laughs> yeah, this, a Seven Eleven staff T-shirt. This happens in a lot of games, actually, where they add in like a fancy store online has some Seven Eleven gear you can wear and. Like there's a, there's a horse that's wearing yeah like a 7-Eleven staff uniform, yeah. and you can and it comes with like 7-Eleven lamps and store shelves and like a freezer. You can that's, you can buy 7-Eleven themed Gundams like the model kits. That's like the Japanese version of Gamer Fuel, isn't it? It's like everything's just 7-Eleven branded instead yeah. of Mountain yeah. Dew branded. One of you guys should pick some of those codes up for me. Just I will saying. do that. I've, yeah. Uh, I thought. Oh, I thought this was like. I thought this was. You had to go to the store and use the 
The link, Maybe the they've got like their seven spots, which is you yeah. read the yes and you hold, you stand a certain spot in the store and you can download codes. Oh, maybe. Yeah, uh, there's there's definitely one of those in my Seven Eleven recently started. Damn. They've always sold um, download codes, like for Nintendo games there, but um, recently they had the little, yeah, the Wi-Fi link um, yeah. symbol show up. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess you have to be there. Or reprogram your router to do that or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess the next <laughs> the next thing, the amiibo cards. Oh yes. Was that who who added that one? I did. So Animal Crossing Heavy Home Designer and Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival both use these uh, amiibo cards that come in blind bags grab bags of three cards, one of which will be rare or very rare, and everything <laughs> else is going to be common, so you're going to get a lot of repeats, and they're uh, 300 yen for the three cards, and a bu- bunch of people pre-ordered in Japan and import, and retailers were notified this last week, hey, there was a massive shortage on Nintendo's end, so cancel most of your orders for these cards. Somebody did the calculations um, about how many you would have to buy to get the full set, and it was ridiculous. If you never got a repeat. Even, yeah, even if you never got a repeat, it would still be like, was it like uh, over several hundred packets? So there's three waves. Each, one, each wave has 100 cards, and each pack has three cards. So, yeah, you're buying hundreds even if you don't get a repeat. So, yeah, good luck with that, the people who want to get every single one. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, so, but just, like, what the hell is actually going on with Amiibo production at this point? Because it's not the chips. Like, the chips aren't the expensive thing or the difficult-to-produce thing. So I'm just left wondering, what the hell is is the... Uh, is the term amiibo cursed that the figures <laughs> and the cards are under both undergoing different types of shortages and manufacturing yeah, issues? It's pretty impressive that Nintendo managed to put a shortage on trading cards. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Like Little packs of three cards. Uh, are these out, by the way? No, they're they out. Come out uh, they come out in like, yeah, in like four days or something. Because I'm noticing a hell of a lot of TV adverts at the moment for that Happy yeah. Home Designer. Yeah, Happy Home Designer and the cards come out in like three or four days. Yeah, they're on okay. Thursday this week in Japan. That makes sense. Uh, but okay, yeah. that's you. That's your Amiibo wrap up. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say while while we were laughing at Amiibo Home Designer last week, I saw like they're advertising a bundle in big camera of like the game, the the 3DS reader, and a pack of cards, it's kind of got into my maybe pile of maybe I'll actually buy this game. Don't do it. I know, it's still a maybe, but the game actually looks kind of fun, and it might have simple enough Japanese that might help me, like, learn stuff. <laughs> the Animal Crossing New Leaf had uh, Furigana over everything. Cool. So I'm guessing this will be the same, and I might enjoy this game more than... Uh... So, Ren, what are you doing? <laughs> All I'm it. doing is is stating my past experience with Japanese 3DS Animal Crossing games. It's only up to Cyrus to what well, to use that information. 
yeah, I'm not telling him that he should or shouldn't. I'm saying that I sh- I am, and if the 7-Eleven content is a download code, I want one. <laughs> and Cyrus, I'm saying don't do it. Uh, so next thing, to wake Ty up. Um, yeah, F- please. F0, F0, F0. Yeah, baby. There you go. So, yeah, something we've been meaning to talk about for a while, the, um, the whole Critteron almost made an F0 thing. <laughs> we didn't really talk about that. So apparently, like, there were some tweets sent out uh, by an ex-developer, um, uh, Critteron, who apparently got the call from Nintendo, like, hey, do you want to make F-Zero for Wii U launch? And basically it came down to the fact that the timing was kind of off. They were finishing Need for Speed Most Wanted on the Wii U, and they kind of wanted to move on to other things, so they declined it. Saying that you know it wasn't it wouldn't be fun to like use someone else's IP. They kind of had enough of using other people's IP or something like that. <clears throat> they wanted to do things on their own, so it ended up not happening. And then I don't know for some reason Nintendo took this as let's not ask anyone else to do it. <laughs> wow. Let's just not do it ever again. Yeah, <laughs> you had one shot Criterion, and you sank this franchise. Yes, rip in peace. I mean. They they should just hand it off to Sega. They they did a great job with it, uh, give or take one horrible glitch. So yeah. I mean, at, at least Nintendo doesn't consider the series dead and buried if they were considering a new installment. Well, they do now, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're saving it for NX at this point because I don't know. Maybe it's too late. They still do another arcade release. What worries me about the NX at this point is that everyone is saying, oh, well, this game isn't coming out. Maybe they're saving it for the NX. And it's like every franchise. Yep. <laughs> well, this time we're going to have... Yeah. Sinking. We're going to have a 3D Mario, um, maybe a Zelda port. <laughs> the Wii U port one could be ported. Um, what else could we have? We might have the F-Zero. Metroid. And yeah, the Metroid is definitely coming out on the NX. So yeah, it's looking like a hell of a launch uh, for the NX. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep an entire generation of console. Star Fox uh, Zero um, Game of the Year Edition. <laughs> okay, let's not get carried away. But yeah, that, <laughs> that that could also happen. No, Pikmin Three Game of the Year Edition is the actual one. Pokémon Tournament. Realistically, though, I'm pretty sure. Pokémon Tournament is going to be a Wii U game pretty soon if they haven't already confirmed it. I mean, it's running off of basically a Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine, like, summer next year it'll be on consoles. We'll hear more about that before the end of the year, I'm sure. Okay, and I think that wraps up the Japanese section. We all love that, right? No. Is this thing on? (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move on to some uh, listener mail right now. Yeah, baby. Okay, so on to listener mail. So, yeah, we got a a straight-up email here uh, sent to the Famicast email account, which is famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. And this is from Jefferson Cuba, or Cuba, 
sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. And he's from Brazil, and he apologizes that um, English isn't his first language. So there's a little bit of um, rephrasing I'm doing here, but uh, I'll do my best. So he says um, he's a typical Brazilian guy, loves his FIFA and Pro Evo. Um, and he has some few questions here. Maybe this is just for me and Cyrus, because I don't think anyone else on this podcast knows about real football, right? <laughs> Touchdown! Woo! <laughs> 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 Bo Jackson! <laughs> so yeah, we're go. talking about Irish football here, and we're talking about points and goals and slithers and stuff. Slam dunk. No, we're not talking slithers. Slithers? Are you talking about, what is this, Harry Potter? No, Hurling, man. Hurling's got slithers. Okay, you've lost me. <laughs> oh, I know what Hurling stop, is. Stop making up sports. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> he wants to know, after the disastrous 4-1 uh, early lead to the USA, I think he's talking about the Japan team here, he says, don't you think that the head coach of Japan appealed to experience over skill, changing Nohomi Kasumi to Homarare Sawa <laughs> in the first half? Cyrus, don't you agree? Yeah, so he's talking about the Women's World Cup here. Yeah, the Women's World Cup, yeah. It was, uh, it was a bit of a disaster, all right. I I don't know if it was particularly down to this one change, but <laughs> but let's say yes. Yes, it was. Um, he wants to know if the Japanese people are proud of the national women's football team um, or if they just don't care about football. And no, they do. And actually, they call, they've got a nickname. They call them the Nade Shiko Japan which is kind of like, you know, the beautiful ladies team. And, uh, yeah, they are proud of them. Um, I cause... also did some investigative journalism on this, meaning hey, I asked a few of my students and some of my <laughs> teachers, and they all said they had no one cared about the women's team. <laughs> Not now. Or well, when, when they won. <laughs> oh, damn. Didn't they, they, didn't they, they all basically said that when they're winning, people are interested in them. Yeah. Well, they won last time, didn't they? Yeah, but like the moment they're winning, before yeah. and after, no one cares. That's terrible. Um, uh, next question he asks, he says um, about Pele. He said he's more respected in other territories other than Brazil. And uh, there's a lot of people who hate him. <laughs> but maybe people hate Pele in Brazil, or some people do. Anyway, he says, is there an example of like like this in Japan? So. My investigative journalism brought up um, one guy. So a Japanese guy who is liked by some people and hated by others. Um, baseball, baseball player called Yu Darvish. Uh, has anyone heard of him? No. Nope. He's, um, he's a mixed-race guy. He's um, Japanese and not, he's not actually American. It's um, maybe Iranian, something like that. Um, sorry if I got that wrong, but anyway, he obviously he's one of his parents is Japanese, but you know, <laughs> there's kind of a you know there's a racist uh, tangent in Japan who you know don't consider him properly Japanese and therefore kind of ignore all the amazing things that he's done. He's an amazing player, and he's like, I think he's thrown like a perfect game, which I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> Pitched a perfect game. Does that make any sense? Ty, you're American. Saren, you're also American. Yep. Pitching a perfect game. Anyway, he's done something amazing. But, you know, some people don't care because he's not 100% Japanese. So that was the best I could come up with anyway. So, yeah, some people suck. 
And the last question is uh, video game related. Um, <laughs> he says, the worst thing about Metroid Prime Federation Force isn't the internet nonsense. I think he's maybe referring to the, uh, the petition. He says, the sad thing is we're not going to have Mario Strikers 3DS. Uh, anyone else agree with me? Yeah, because the developer is the same, obviously. So he's upset that we're going to get Chibi, Chibi Metroid instead of uh, Mario Strikers. We are getting Mario Strikers. It's that blaster ball thing. <laughs> yeah, except you shoot the football instead of yeah, actually kicking it. It's the same thing. It's an evolution of the ideas that started in Mario Strikers. <laughs> I like how this, this, what's that um, racing game that's based around football, soccer? Oh, um, wow. It's doing the rounds at the moment. It's really yeah, popular. it looks really fun, actually. Rocket League. Rocket League, there you go. I think it's hilarious that, like, Americans are getting all around this game. It's like, wow, it's so much fun. It's like, you know, you can, like, pass the ball to people and, like, set people up and <laughs> kick it in the goal. It's like, yeah, that's football. That's what we've been trying to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, but as soon as you throw cars and explosions, it's like, fuck yeah, now it's football. You know, it's crazy. You Americans, you're crazy. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> Four. But, um, but yes, anyway, thank you, Jefferson. And he ends with that he really likes the Famicast and he conti will continue to advertise it here in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Of course, it's the best podcast on the internet. There you go. I like the fact that we have somebody in Brazil who listens to us, even though they can't buy video games for less than a thousand dollars. Well, the Wii U doesn't even have an eShop there. There you go. Thank God we're not, the the e -shop. No e -shop. <laughs> we're not on the eShop. We're not on the eShop. Thank goodness. They have the 3DS eShop, but not the Wii U one. Hey, you wouldn't know that, right? <laughs> I know. I know as a developer. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, the, well, think yeah, that was a good uh, good letter. Thank you, and keep them coming in. Uh, if you want to send us a life in Japan type question, then yeah, do that, and we'll answer it on the next show. So next up, we'll move on to some uh, Twitter feedback. Um, the first couple here, kind of the same topic, um, is from Serik and uh, Donald Theriot, who's uh, now staff. They both mentioned that the Famicast and Nintendo Free Radio. I uh, yep. both had <laughs> both reached uh, episode 60 on the same day. Um, so yeah, Donald was looking forward to his six and a half hours of uh, episodes to listen to because we had a massively long episode last time, and uh, I guess NFR had a an equally long podcast there. And. Next up, uh, oh yeah, Addison also giving us some love as he always does. Addison Webb, um, he says he was listening to 8.4 and then when he saw that the Famicast was up on iTunes, he switched over and started listening to words. Yeah, like I just said a minute ago, we're the best podcast on the internet. There you go. And there was also a few guys who were begrudgingly telling us that um, we should stop talking about the Xbox One all the time, and uh, <laughs> I don't really see that because you know there's only Ty who's got an Xbox One, and only we should talk Xbox about it all the time. <laughs> I mean, people ask what I'm playing, and I'm playing my Xbox One, right? We did have a 20-minute segment on Project Zero today, so they, yes, but that's not even an Xbox One game. <laughs> that's it is now. But yeah, it's it's funny because you know. 
you know, <laughs> a lot of people throw shit at Ty for things that he says, you know, Ty is one of three or one of four, you know, on a podcast, you know. It's good to have that variety of, you know. Yeah, and, 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 about, I, right? and I do have kind of a career going based on making people mad. Yes. I'm not sorry. Xbox One is the system to own. Deal with it. <laughs> right. Well, the the Splatoon gate. We're not going to open that that uh, wound again. But uh, you know, no, Ty, open it right up. Ty comparing because I was to, right. Ty was right. Ty comparing it to Team Fortress Two, and then yeah, and like we were talking about, they're adding in the heavy chain gun into team into not Team Fortress Two, into Splatoon soon. So yeah, and then James tweeted me this wonderful uh, TF2 mod video where they just <laughs> right. the Splatoon straight up. Yes, there's a Splatoon mod for Team Fortress 2. It's amazing. Look it up on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Twitter. I didn't mention, but, yeah, at the Famicast if you want to tweet at us for a little short uh, feedback oh. or fun things like that. Oh, uh, I got a great tweet not long ago from... A Michael Flowers. Hey he said he just uh, dug up this uh, brand new unopened 12 pack of Mountain Dew Game Fuel <laughs> Halo 3 promotional tie in. He said, just right. dug this up in my room. It's never been opened. Never That's drank amazing. any. I'm asking him how much he wants for it. Unopened, we, right? Yeah, yeah. A whole 12 pack. Ready to go. <laughs> what master halitosis like right on the box um, <laughs> that's amazing um, yeah also, I mean I, I just like visualize like me spending too much money to send this over to Japan and then having like a little taste test party over at uh, the hospital I, I don't know Akihabara somewhere <laughs> well, We'll it. Go to Game Bar A button and have a compi with this this disgusting corn syrup swill. <laughs> Hope it's next to a stomach doctor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll drink all that stuff. I don't care. Yes. Also, um, a special mention to all the people who um, tweeted out the Famicast to tell us that um, RFN stole an episode name from us by accident. <laughs> That was quite funny. Yeah. So, hey, James, you do, do uh, all the episode names, right? I do, yeah. yeah. So um, apparently now, now I'm naming uh, RFN's podcast as well. <laughs> well done. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's the uh, Twitter roundup. Please to enjoy. So um, let's wrap things up. So obviously, um, the beginning of the last episode, um, we had a little 10-second um, uh, silence for 
Satoru Iwata, who passed away just before recording the episode. I mean, yeah, lots of podcasts have tackled this subject. I mean, I mean, on um, Nintendo World Report alone, you know, we have several podcasts, you know, with detailed um, descriptions of what Iwata did and the games that he worked on and his history and, you know, all the good stuff he did. Um, probably you should listen to Connectivity, the Nintendo News, News Report section with James Jones wearing a suit uh, for the video. Um, they obviously went in-depth, and RFN also talked a, a bit about it their last episode as well. So I didn't want to, you know, just regurgitate again, you know, um, what everyone has already already said. Um, but, you know, there were, what has come out over the past couple of weeks, obviously, you know, people at Nintendo themselves... Um, the, I mean, the funeral has happened, and, and it was actually a, the, the one part of it was actually a public one, and you know several people on my Twitter feed actually attended, um, attended that. So that was kind of um, kind of unusual for me to read that you know people were, you know, attending his his funeral here at, uh, in Kyoto actually. Um, but um, so what happened was um, you know Sakurai amongst among many other people. Um, put his thoughts into writing, and I thought it was quite touching what he said, and I wanted to read out some of the things that he said. So Sakurai, obviously, Smash Brothers creator, he was um, described Iwata in five ways. <clears throat> the first thing he said, he was a man of virtue. Where a normal person would get annoyed or angry, he would never show such emotions, and he would instead analyze, organize, and offer ideas. He was someone who could bow his head and apologize the things that weren't even his fault. I was often worried about his stress levels, um, but he always talked with a smile. You know, talking, um, <clears throat> you know, listening to stories about stuff that he programmed, you know, like he reprogrammed Earthbound when no one else could do it, you know, things like that. Kind of shows how he could just, like, straight up see what to do, you know, when the pressure was on, he could just, like, you know, do amazing things, you know. He was a programmer, that's, and as well as a CEO, which is pretty cool in my eyes. Uh, next thing Sakurai says, he said he had a brilliant mind. Even when people would talk at length or without focus, he was still able, able to quickly say, so what you're trying to say is, and quickly summarize their point, he was able to see the heart of people and things. He was a master of simplifying them so that anyone could understand his point. He could immediately call on changes to improve, and he had no, no doubt that many people were saved by this quality. He was also a man of effort. Um, even though he didn't start out in the manager managing field, he read numerous management books, and he would ask for advice from necessary people that would take to heart, and he managed to become the president of Nintendo. What he gained from his years as a programmer allowed him to take uh, many long-term projects to successful fruition. Um, I think another cool story was the the Pokemon story where he basically recoded um, was it uh, gold and silver so like it crammed the whole of red and blue inside the game or something like that. You yeah, like, that was that was a surprise when that happened. Yeah, they had. I think the initial thing was the game was so big they had issues compressing it, so yeah. he had a shot at compressing it, and his compression was so good to prove it. He put the entire original game onto the cartridge right. too. I just had this amazing, amazing image of just you know Iwata just saying to this programmer, you know, get up out that chair, let me handle it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's um, kind of like for, for perspective, um, 
Pokemon Red and Blue used up every last bite of the cartridge. Right. Like, when they removed the debugger, which was, like, less than half a kilobyte, they still had room, and that's why they stuck Mew in there. <laughs> right. And... Kind of an app, yeah. And the one is compression was so good, they stuffed all of that on top of gold and silver. Amazing. And next thing he says, he was open and generous. Like things like Iwata asks in Nintendo Direct weren't things that necessarily required the president of Nintendo to stand in front and do, but there was always a risk of frivolous criticism. And yet, by being the spokesperson, I believed he showed the importance of properly, properly conveying a message to his audience. Um, which is true, you know, you don't see many CEOs doing that, you know, getting up and talking in front of, you know, the fans on a regular basis like that. Um, and, you know, those Iwata asks are being, you know, um, catalogued, and obviously there won't be any more, but, like, you know, you can go back and read them. And I think somebody's making a book out of them as well, which uh, would be pretty cool. Yeah, I actually think those you want to ask, now that people have seen the reaction everyone had to his death... Yeah, I, I think, think people will go back and read them. Yeah, I think people will go back and read them, and other companies are going to start doing something similar. Because, like, on a, on a like, horrible, impersonal business note, clearly this, this these Iwata asks and him being a personal spokesman right. for the company really did good things for the company. It'd be... Interesting to see the next Nintendo Direct. You know, obviously they're gonna probably talk about Iwata, and but you know the guy who's who's took over the past couple. You know, is it? I think it's Masamoto or something. You know, obviously he'll maybe he will continue. Uh, you know, heading up the Japanese Nintendo Directs. Um, because now when you think about it, you know maybe there were signs that you know Iwata's health was declining. You know, if he, he wasn't showing on the last two, and then he was a puppet in the E3 one, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And the last thing that Sakurai mentioned, um, he said he was empathetic. Um, after he became the president of Nintendo, he could he would write emails to all the employees and communicate as hard as he was. He took a stance to try and treat everyone as equals. He would often ask third parties to see how people were doing. As an individual, he had no self-righteous qualities. So you can tell, you know, Sakurai um, respected the guy. I mean, they worked at, like, HAL uh, together, probably, right? Yeah, they I mean, worked on Kirby together a lot, I think. I mean, yeah, Iwata also programmed for the original Smash Brothers as well, right? Yeah. Which is uh, pretty amazing. So, yeah, um, Iwata, 55 years old, dies incredibly young, and, yeah, fuck cancer. It sucks. That's young. And yes, he will be missed. Um, we will not say anything <laughs> bad about him. You know, we have said things in the past, but, you know, out of respect, you know, it's in the past. It's What's in the past is in the past, you know. Okay. Play Kirby's Adventure. Yeah. Get in play there. Yeah, I think we'll play, we'll play the episode out with some, uh, some Iwata-inspired music. But, um... Before we do that, we'll just um, we will give our Twitter handles out. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm at fam Family Complicated. Uh, Ty, I'm Super Cat Drugs. 
uh, Cyrus. I am Selfie. And last of all, Seren. Oh, I'm Sycoraxic98, S-Y-C-O-R-A-X-I-C-9-8. There you go. And thank you to the people uh, watching this live and for the people uh, listening to us on the audio stream. Go back to the YouTube page, NWRTV, and you'll be able to see some bonus video content, which we're about to start doing now. But for the audio listeners, peace out, and we'll see you next episode. Bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention the uh, Amiibo contest. <laughs> There's an Amiibo contest? We did one on the last episode. Oh. Uh, Danny was giving away a Wii Fit trainer. That will be handled next episode. <laughs> but we, uh, if you, if you, okay, maybe I should do this as an edited in point. Um, <laughs> the winners will be announced on episode 62, or possibly in some other fashion. <laughs> what a well-organized contest. It was Danny's contest, not mine. Anyway. It's all Danny's fault. Yeah, it's playing. Yeah, exactly. Hey, everybody. No, that's not that's not my thing, is it? That's Eric Calafi's thing. I was talking to Ty about how he's always uh, laughing at Amiibo, saying it's pointless, people are idiots for buying them. Yeah. And I said, the second Killer Instinct announced a small array of like small Killer Instinct figures, Ty will be the first person in line to pick every one of those things up. Yep. And then what happened? Killer Instinct announced a little suite of Amiibo-style figures, and Ty is biting at the bit trying to get to them. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that bombshell... Uh, uh, <laughs> are you sure? I've still got three more games, so not as pervy. <laughs> I better yeah, tweet out this picture, too. There's, there's, a, there's a station where, which I go to every day, and there's a big, there's a big sign... In Japanese, that warns against uh, if you're wearing a mini skirt, watch out. There could be perverts taking pa- pictures of your pants. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's way creepier than seeing that in a crowded subway is seeing that in like a uh, uh, a backcountry road. <laughs> it's why all iPhones make the 
the shutter sound when you take a picture and you can't turn that off. Oh, yeah. Um, true story. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that sign in Akihabara on the train station, like the beware of upskirts sign, that yeah. was one of the first photos I took in Japan in total. Was that sign? Was that that sign with a picture of girls' underpants the same, yeah. in the same picture? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, well, I, yes, Siren. Obviously, we'd love to hear about all of your games, but uh, <laughs> that, 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 you, has, that would be taking me off after that because that was too much. No, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> Schoolgirls yeah, underpants. Stop and go home and reassess our lives.